0: Before we start the Godcast, we would like to pay tribute to Lucy John. Lucy was a mum, wife and daughter. She was a member of Penabont CrossFit and Penabont Triathlon Club and had recently taken part and completed Ironman Wales. Lucy had also qualified for the Ironman World Championships at Kona. Sadly, whilst out cycling, she was in a collision with a vehicle and lost her life. Lucy was 35 years of age. Both the GOGcast and GOG Triathlon wanted to pass our deepest sympathies to her family, friends and members of Penabont Triathlon Club. A Just Giving page has been set up and details will be on our social media posts. Hashtag, she was just riding her bike.
1: Welcome to the GOGcast, the official podcast of North Wales-based GOG Triathlon, Welsh Super Series champions and wearers of the best kit in Wales. Join us while we chat swimming, running and cycling and interview some famous and not-so-famous names in sport. Whether you're experienced or a beginner looking to try the sport, the Godcast is the place to be. So get your padded cycling shorts on, tie those running shoes up tight, spit on your goggles to stop them steaming up, and join your hosts, John and Michelle Farrell, inside the Godcast.
0: This is F. John, how are you? I'm wonderful, mate. How we've are been, you?
2: We've been cross countrying today.
0: We, we are have? recording
2: this today after driving all the way. I hope you lot out there actually appreciate this, because we're recording this after we've driven down to Newtown. We've, saw, we've seen the wonderful Garon Hughes there. Yes, bless his soul. Uh, and uh, we ran cross country. Um, you ran.
0: I ran, yes, along with Rach and Helen
2: they were fantastic as well they ran really really fast and in the men who ran
0: you and geran you weren't even planning to run you were just driving me there but I happened to have your gog kit in the boot
2: can i just say to the other gogs out there that do cross country do not ever leave me in that position again where <laughs> i feel the need to uh, to to take part because i'll be honest with you i just
0: dislike it <laughs> you hate cross country what's, i love it you hate it what's
2: the point of just running around a field <gasps> running around the park how very in dare hardly you hardly any
0: clothes that's the best <laughs> just
2: take your clothes off run around the park don't get arrested it's the only time you can take them while and not get arrested we are wearing clothes John. Wearing stupid shorts and a and a and a gog vest give you a due so anyway I, I did take part it'll be my that's my second time and I will never do it again. Yeah, you
0: said that last time. You how talk... many years ago? Oh, about three, I think. But go. you said you'd take your stuff in case you needed to make up the numbers. But I then I did need to make up the numbers. But <laughs> then Geran there. Yeah, unusually, more ladies than men. So yeah. uh, well yeah, done, yeah. girlies.
2: <laughs> oh, but 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 the ladies, well done, guys. You you ran really really well, and um, Geran ran really really well, and I <laughs> you were there. Ran. I, I just <laughs> went there, but I was there. I was there. Never mind all you ones with colds and. Oh,
0: like that. some genuine. Come on. People get poorly at this time do, of year. We have
2: to do Snowdonia Marathon next week. My legs. What did my watch say? I
0: had to have about seven <laughs> weeks off no, now. No, no, it's 69 hours recovery. So I'm, you've got I'm time. I've a glass of
2: wine. Hold on.
0: You've, not a glass, a sip. You've got sip 69 wine. hours to recover. So Ooh,
2: 69 hours to recover.
0: Ample time. Dear God. Anyway. On with the show. (laughs) On with the show. So anyway, so we're doing
2: this afterwards. So uh, as we just got back from Newtown, if I had mentioned that before, so we've got lots to uh, talk. Well, we haven't got an awful lot to talk about. We've got lots to get in, haven't we? We've got a
0: great interview in the middle of us talking. We have
2: got a fantastic interview, and um, I I had a a great time interviewing uh, Paula. And so, uh, looking forward to everybody hearing it. Um, but we've got to get through the results and things first, and uh, a few other bits and pieces first as well. So, uh, we'll get straight into that. And the first thing we've got to talk about, seems such a long time ago, was the uh, Super Series.
0: Yes, I'm so glad we won the Super Series, <laughs> otherwise we'd need a new jingle.
2: So it was the guy that... Uh, that records our jingles for us and our intro for us. He uh, he would have had to do it again. He would have made a few quid out of it, mind. Or well, dollars, I think we pay him, dollars. don't we? <laughs> I think we do yeah. Dollars or, uh, or something like? What, what's it in Mexico? Pesos or something yeah, like he's that? He's not
0: Mexican, we? but we pay him in dollars. He and can be Mexican if you if you ask him. For <laughs> he, he can, can do he can do any
2: he can accent. Do any accent, accent. He's, a, he's an actor, so um so yeah, so uh, we don't have to do that, fortunately. So um
0: super series off you go. Super
2: series winners. 2022 retained the trophy i could only say well done to all the gogs that turned out i turned up but i didn't i didn't do anything i supported along with kerry and chris and uh, harry and, and those but um well done guys because it was i think it was over 50 gogs turned up on the day and it was a great event. Some fantastic performances there. And um, so well done, guys, for turning out in force and mm. for winning the Super Series again.
0: Unfortunately, our chairman has now recovered from uh, his fall off I, the You line. know what?
2: I nearly forgot about that. Oh, I hadn't. Runny, put, but Runny. Poor, poor Rocky. Um, but, Oh, hold on. Rocky wants to say a word or two.
1: As flies to wanton boys, are we to the gods? They kill us for their sport. Soon the science will not only be able to slow down the ageing of the cells, soon the science will fix the cells to the state, and so we will become eternal. Only accidents, crimes, wars will still kill us. But fortunately, we have the GOG Triathlon Club Christmas Dew. I love the Christmas Dew. Buy your tickets now. Thank you.
2: Well, thanks for that Rocky uh yeah we'll, we'll talk about that later though so j- just 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 bear with us be with us I tell you he's what, very excited I'll tell you what you know so uh, yeah well done brilliant event um fantastic event by uh always aim high as always uh, and a great day for it so I love supporting that well done well done so let's move on to Portugal because uh, there was a um a 70.3 that a lot of our gogs uh, travel to in Portugal you know I, I can't even say it where 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 was it
0: well hang on how many gogs went one two three four five six seven eight gogs traveled all the way over to Portugal to a place that I've not been to so Portugal I... <laughs> no I've not been to Portugal actually okay. but where they were I had to google how to say it and this is what I found Cascais. So they went to... Cascais. <laughs> I'm not sure. So it's
2: not just Cascais then.
0: Or, or Kashkai like the Nissan. Okay. But it's...
2: But it's... Cascais. Cascais.
0: Cascais. So, so it's
2: like Disguise, but with a... Cascais. Before it. I yes. Say, that, so that's, that's where they went. They went to... Where did they go? <laughs> Disguise.
0: Disguise. Let's <laughs> overdo this. I wonder if they
2: knew how to, how to pronounce it when they went there. It
0: might not be anything like that. So, there was to go through the results, John. Oh, thanks.
2: That. Well, I'll can. do it then. I'll yes. do it. God, you know, this started being my godcast. <laughs> okay, so there was... Rian Roxburgh, Claire Parsley, Merv Jones, Miklos Byro, Elizabeth Driscoll, and Harry Lewis, Steph Conway and Melissa Epley all brilliant results uh, and you know what so we talk about illness and sickness and colds and things some of them weren't, weren't feeling very good down there but you know what they all did it and 70.3 great event down there I believe uh, they loved it Rianne even finished second overall uh, second overall in her age group and qualified for the world's Oh, amazing well done so, as always it takes uh, a
0: lot of work to do a five hour and two minute half iron man it
2: does and um you know and, and i i have to say this i don't know merv won't be happy but uh claire beat merv claire parsley beat merv um she had an absolutely storming race uh 5 54 oh Claire, amazing. And I was was swimming to Claire a few weeks before, and she was just so lack of confidence going into it. And then she comes out with a result like that. That's just absolutely incredible. But you know what? They all did really,
0: really well. So uh, well done, guys. What uh, an adventure. Yeah, well, I'd like to do that, would you? You were looking at the Venice one the other day, Um, and then you remembered that you don't like swimming. I know.
2: (laughs) I I don't know whether you have to swim. It's not swimming (laughs) in the Grand Canal. canal. Because the, uh, the them guys in the uh, the little boats, what are they called the gondola, the gondola, that's it. They'd be going past me with the sticks going, singing "There's one cornetto" and, and things like that, and I'd just be swimming, holding onto the back of it. So um, I don't know. We might do it. We might do it. I'd like to, wouldn't you?
0: Yes, I would actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mind
2: you, sometimes Venice is a twenty twenty four. I think twenty four. <laughs> We've already planned twenty three. We'll so, so if anybody wants to come to Venice with us in two thousand twenty four. <laughs> Please, please let us know. I know we said we were going to arrange a uh, equinox uh, trip as well, but we're not even doing it next year now. <laughs> so, uh, so um, but uh, th- there are a few gogs doing it, I believe. So I you know
0: go. I know that Janine is, um, but uh, do you know there's time tini- And her husband does as well. Is he? She's roped him into brilliant, it. Brilliant, Yeah. brilliant. Yeah. So brilliant. we'll
2: see closer to the time. We'll have a chat about that. And uh, we might even get Janine on afterwards, have a chat about her experience on it. Right then. Come on then, we've got uh, other things to talk about because we've got an interview to do.
0: Yes, okay. The next thing that we're going to talk about is our GOG Awards Night. So this is taking place on the twenty fifth of November in Clandidno. And you can you need to buy your tickets, which you can do uh, you know, via the page. Um but more importantly, if you are going well actually Can you submit nominations even if you're not going? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Just So anyone who's a GOG member can submit a nomination. Um, So please do so by the 23rd of October. Um, There's a link on the Facebook members page. And the three awards are the Inspirational Athlete Award, the Coach Slash Activator Award, and the Triathlon Newcomer Award. So you go onto the page, click on the link... Put your person in there that you choose to nominate, along with the reason why you'd like to nominate them. Um, And it's just a lovely thing to do.
2: Hold on, hold on, hold on. Incoming. Rian Roxburgh's husband wants to say a few words.
1: Christmas is such a magical time of year.
0: It is, and I love it.
1: What do you love the most, Santa, presents, snow?
0: Uh, I love to see my mum and dad. So happy.
1: Oh, that's lovely, Rosie.
3: Thanks, Dad. Here is my money box. Go buy tickets for you and Mum for the Gold Black Tie Do. You deserve it.
1: We all deserve it. Don't delay. Grab your kids' money boxes today and buy your tickets for the Gold Triathlon Club Black Tie Do. <laughs>
2: Yeah, alright. All right. Thanks, Rocky. Thank you for that. You know what?
0: Brilliant. You know what? <laughs>
2: Ever since he started the podcast himself, you know, I'm sure he wants to get back involved in it. Hey, he's know. very
0: welcome to take my I'm place.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit disappointed there's not the um the best God <laughs> podcast <laughs> award.
0: There's only being you.
2: I know, you might win it. That I'd be damaged. Rocky, do not <laughs> do that. Do not do that. Um yeah, I'm just a bit. You know, the best podcast in Wales. I, I thought there might be an award for so. So, if you want to vote for that as well, you just tell tell Rocky. There is no such vote.
0: award, John. Sit back down. Oh. Okay, so that's it from us at this point of the Godcast. Um, I would like to get on with the interview now, John, if that's okay. okay.
2: Well, this yeah, it's absolutely okay. Um, this interview. I just want to point out about the sound quality on this interview, because we had to do it virtually because, you know, people are so busy now and Paul is so busy that we, we, we just, rather than not do it when it was fresh in our mind, we just wanted to get, get it done. And uh, it's part one of our uh, Iron Man Wales series. This There might only be two parts, but so it might only be half of it. But um, so apologies about the sound quality during it but it was done virtually and one of our internets wasn't great i'm not saying whose but um so apologies for that but it's it, you know what it's still worth a fantastic listen and it's still this quality's all right quality is okay but it's it's worth a listen because um it's quite an inspirational woman to do this just like our all our iron mans are that did it um, and if it uh, makes people sign up to an Ironman next year, and especially ladies, then then it, it does its job. So, without more to do, let's get to the interview. And Welcome back, and I am so chuffed to have our guest on as I said before to Michelle. Um, a brand new Ironman, uh, a fantastic achievement by this person. And I've been looking, really, really looking forward to hearing all about it. So, here we go. So, wife, mum, level two triathlon coach, and Ironman Paula Stevens. Welcome, Paula. Thank you, John. Hello now. Do apologise, just a little bit about the sound. We do we are doing this virtually because we all have these busy lives, and uh, I'd rather get uh, Paula on today rather than have to wait and wait. Well, you won't forget about it, but while it's all fresh in your memory, so uh, we'll take them there. So, Paula, Iron Man, brilliant. But let's take take you back a little bit. When did you actually start your journey into
3: sport and things like that? Was it from school or later on? no it wasn't from school um it was um in 2007 um or maybe the end of 2006 and i had to go and work away when my children were little and um i started running on a treadmill there because i had not very much else to do um so i think maybe december 2006 um and then in march 2007 I left my ex-husband, and I think then running became something that I had to do to run away from from my ex-husband, and it really worked for me.
2: <laughs> and it took off from there, and you just kept running then? So just... I just
3: kept running. I kept running. A friend of mine asked um, if I would like to run the Great North Run for her charity, oh, wow. um, and I think I did that in... Two thousand and thirteen, um, my step into longer running distances, and it took me two hours and fifteen minutes. Oh,
2: that's good. That's good. Especially on the good Great North Run because you have to walk the first few miles, don't you? Because uh, it's so busy up there. Well, that's good. So, what was running the only sport you did? It was. So you were really, yeah, the, that, that was that was fresh into, into sport then from that, unusually.
3: Very fresh. I did, I, I, I then entered um, Anglesey Half Marathon and fr- from there, that was it. I just, I just absolutely loved it. I mean, the Great North Rome was an experience in itself because it was, it was uh, supported so well all, all along the way. So when I did Anglesey Half, I was just thinking, where's all the people? <laughs> you just running through Anglesey. There's, there was no people standing on the side of the road so um what,
2: what year was that then
3: 2014 i think
2: all oh, right so it was a while after yeah you did that and did you um did you do that any quicker
3: yeah i did that in
2: um an hour and 58 oh wow so the uh yeah that was uh, that was good. So, had you joined GOGS then, or mm. was that pre GOGS?
3: Pre GOGS. I bought a bike off eBay in January two thousand and fifteen because I decided I wanted to do a triathlon. Right. Um, I did Clanruth sprint in two thousand and fifteen, and I joined GOG after that.
2: So, you wanted to do a triathlon, did you? At that point, know much about triathlons, or was it just something in the back of your mind that you wanted to do?
3: So my little boy was born in 2011 and in 2012 was the um, Olympics in London. And because he was so small and slept lots during the day, I got to watch most of the Olympics. And it was there that I was watching it thinking, I want to do this.
2: Is that funny? Because Louise... Louise Minchin said that as well, that she was, um, she saw that on TV in 2012, obviously been involved in a little bit on the TV, and she said exactly the same thing, that, that that's what inspired her to do triathlons.
3: Yeah, it it was a long time then, though, it just being in the back of my mind to buy in the bike, three years.
2: So when did you do your first one?
3: September 2015. Which was? Llanroost.
2: Alright, so one of the first land Roost tries, and yeah. can you remember your result in that?
3: Maybe, about one hour and 45 minutes Oh, so it was good,
2: so you were a natural straight away, you were a natural <laughs> I wouldn't
3: say that <laughs> I joined the Gogs then, yeah, and I don't know, what was my next triathlon? I think I just did loads then yeah, I remember
2: you. I, I remember you being around and seemingly doing, I think once GOG started and we were all involved, I think there was trying to do every single event going around, I yeah. think, Sandman and uh, and the like, yeah. Harlech, Chirk, everybody going to the same ones.
3: Yeah, I think I did the Sandman sprint at the end of 2015 um, and then uh, decided that I wanted to do a bigger one. So I think my next one was... The Sandman Classic, the the first time I did an Olympic.
2: Yeah, did you do the two day one, or did you at uh, uh, Sandman, or did you, did you do the one the one day, but it was the the long, the longer course.
3: Yeah, so I did the um, Olympic at the end of two thousand and eighteen, and then the Legend at the end of two thousand and nineteen. That's right. And I already That's knew right. at that point that I wanted to do an Ironman. So I saw the Olympic, uh, the, the legend as my halfway point. Oh, right. That's, that's very set out then, that,
2: unusually so, because most people, they do a few and they go, oh, well, I might just try, or they get talked into it. But you actually had a plan in your mind that even at that time.
3: Only a very loose plan. But <laughs> I, 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 I loved triathlon so much, I knew that I wanted to do all the way up to
2: Ironman so what what you saw you want you just wanted to complete what you saw in 2012 Olympics and more or less really you just wanted to yeah be, you just wanted to be up there with them so you, you I were, did were you doing much training then were you out on your bike every weekend or because obviously you've got family and you've got career and everything as well
3: my training in 2019 was an absolute disaster and I kept beating myself up because I was, I had a plan and I wasn't following it and I didn't realise until after the event that I wasn't following it because I was suffering with menopausal symptoms that were just taking the life out of me. So yeah, I had a plan. Um, did I follow it? No, I was absolutely rubbish. I only actually entered the, the legend, even though I'd planned to do it, I still hadn't entered. Um, I only entered it a week or so before the event, maybe two weeks before.
2: So so all these plans were, and all the training and, and the thoughts in your head really were, although they were there, come sort of mid-2016, around that time, things started getting in the way. You were sort of rudely interrupted uh, a little bit by uh, by things that are going on with yourself and your body and, and, and the like, And
3: and how did... How did you recognise that? I didn't really. I just I kept saying to myself, come on, Paula, you need to go out and do this training. You need to get up. You, you need to follow your plan. And I was just destroyed by it. I just felt like I can't, I can't follow this plan. I know I need to go and do it. I can't do it. My mental attitude was really just punishing myself rather than saying you just need to go out and, and do the plan. So even by the time I got to... The start line. I I wasn't prepared at all. I felt battered at the end of the legend. Did you,
2: at the time, then you obviously didn't know what was what what you were going through, but what was the effect it had on you on a on a daily basis, even in, in that early, the early stages as such?
3: I think I would say through that summer I struggled every single day. Um, overwhelming anxiety, which I never suffered. I've never been anxious ever in my life, Um, but I had huge anxiety. And I felt like my anxiety was coming from the fact that I wasn't doing what I was expecting myself to do, not that it was coming from my hormone depletion. You know, I've got this plan. I'm going to do this half Ironman distance race. I'm not following my plan and I'm becoming anxious because I know I'm not going to be ready when I get there. But it wasn't. It was. It was just my lack of hormones that was creating this anxiety. I was emotional. I used to cry all the time. I just had no drive or determination, and yeah, that when I, I then at some point went to the GP to get some HRT, which made me worse. Um, and then I didn't. I so I only took it for two weeks because I the anxiety was, oh, just getting worse and worse and worse every day and it was only maybe the year later when I went back on HRT on that same HRT and felt those same anxious feelings that I realised it was the tablets that were making me more anxious so the HRT actually made me worse.
2: But what what made you go initially then what made you go to the doctors about it how do what did at some point it click or did somebody say something to you or or how did you say you know what hold on a minute it's not me it's it's my hormones that are causing this what how did you get to that point
3: i suppose i always knew in the back of my mind that this time of life was um the menopause um i had always told myself i was going to get through it without going on hrt because my mum had died when she was 54 of breast cancer and there was the connection with breast cancer and hrt so i'd said i'm not going to i'm not going to do it i'm not going to do hrt because of that but i got so desperate i felt like i didn't have any other choice and then when i had those 6 weeks of these tablets and i felt worse i was just back to square one again
2: so at that point you weren't because i suppose life every day was was tough just in general life was was must have been tough at that point never mind doing having to go out and actually do sport that it's hard enough to to put a step out the door at the best of times never mind anything else when you set yourself balances so so was was general life was was a real struggle at that point was it
3: yes my my emotions were all over the place um my training was all over the place i basically didn't really know what i was doing from day to day but just thinking just get up and do this and do that and and you'll get there and i just hobbled along i suppose in in a an emotional state how
2: did that affect the rest of the family at the time was 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 it was obviously hard for them uh, at the, at the time so i mean what did you know they could probably look back on those bad times now and, and 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 talk to you about it i suppose whereas at that point they probably couldn't could they
3: no they couldn't and yes they have talked about it since i've had my um hrt at the correct level and my son said to me mum you are much nicer to speak to now <laughs> <laughs> i snapped everybody john i i I wasn't myself. I didn't understand what I was going through. I was short-tempered. I was miserable. I was emotional. My son would say, what are you crying for, mum? And I'd say, I don't know. (laughs) And this was my older son, not my little one. And he'd say, but you've got nothing to cry about. No, I haven't, Connor. I agree with you. You've got nothing to cry about. But we just don't understand hormones. So by that point, I understood that it was my hormone depletion that was making me feel like this. But you,
2: So after the initial treatment,
3: you which obviously didn't
2: go well for you. And I suppose that, that happens quite a lot, does it, with um, uh, people with when when the first visit to the to the GP?
3: Yeah, I think lots of women have lots of issues with their first visit to the GP. It, it's, um, I think it's getting better now. So I then, in June the next year, had what I refer to as my metaphorical car crash. Um, and I collapsed almost in court, although it was virtual. I was in a virtual court hearing and I had done these court hearings for the whole of my career. I couldn't cope with the situation that I was in and the hearing got cancelled because I couldn't get my camera to work and my microphone wouldn't work and nobody could see me and nobody could hear me. And I just had an emotional breakdown. This was on those same tablets that I'd had the year before um and then when i went back to the gp and he gave me patches within four days i felt like a normal person again
2: wow now just have to make it clear to people when you mentioned being in court you went you ain't in the dock. you're in the legal profession so
3: i was i was listening so I just, to yeah. So, yeah, I just, yeah i just i just
2: i don't i don't want people to think but well, oh my god you know she's, she's gonna blame the, the menopause on, on, on things. Which, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, things like that do happen, as we know from, from court. Um once you went back onto onto on the patches then, you said you felt you felt better straight away. How yeah how did you move from there to getting back on with life again? Was it was it a slow build up or was it did you just wake up morning and go, Do you know what? I
3: feel so good? John, nothing in my life has ever happens slowly. <laughs> everything happens at 100 miles an hour. So I went from being in a complete incapable state to just being okay again. But that wasn't really the end of the journey because that made me feel okay for maybe six to eight months. And then it wasn't enough. So I was I was back almost to square one until I went to see a specialist in... Um, menopause and they gave me testosterone and that was in May this year and I have felt completely normal since. Um what about sport in the
2: intervening time? From the from the moment you started having patches and the like,
3: did you start slowly getting back into sport again? Sport was always really top of the list because I knew that if I went out and did what I needed to do physically then I wouldn't feel so bad emotionally. So Triathlon saved me really because I just had to I just knew that I had to keep doing that, and it wouldn't impact on me completely the the emotional side as long as I was physically moving all the time so I think in um two thousand and nineteen, I did eleven triathlons. the sandman was at the end of it, the legend um and I just had to keep going, and that was my goal. And as hard as it was to stay on track, I knew that I had to keep doing it. So, although I wasn't following my plan to the level that I needed to, I was following it week in, week out.
2: At, at the lowest ebbs, as such, or when you when you were, you were coming through it slowly, that the the stepping foot out the door and actually doing it was harder than than being out there and and getting on with it was when you were out there did that make you feel better once you were out there but it was harder to get out there
3: it did John but sometimes I'd be on my bike crying yeah I know that being on my bike was good for me but I'd just be riding along crying in tears for absolutely no reason I remember particularly when I was doing the level two uh, triathlon coaching course that um, I was it was all online so we were seeing people in through the screen and I was thinking I just I can't do this I just can't do this and at the end it was a Saturday um, this part of the course and when it came to an end I jumped on my bike and I just rode along crying thinking I can't do this course and I was saying to myself you're, Paul, you're a solicitor you've done a master's degree you've you know, you can do these things. You just think you can't. The the lack of hormones just almost just completely takes over you. Were you
2: a confident person before all this came about?
3: Yes, definitely. I've always been confident. I've never suffered with anxiety, never really suffered to the degree that I did emotionally. Um, but, yeah, it took away all my confidence. It gave me huge anxiety. But I, did, I didn't like really being around people anymore. Where I love a good chat, you know. I'm I'm uh, I'm all for the social side of things, but I would hide away from people because I just did not want to see anybody. I didn't recognize. I didn't recognise myself, I suppose. Just didn't recognise who I was anymore. I was a shell of my former self, I remember saying to my husband. Now when I interviewed Louise Minchin, it was
2: obviously um, also, a mouthpiece for for menopause in women and sport as well, you know. And she's been quite outspoken on the TV uh, about the menopause, you know, and and um, shared her stories just like just like you are now. She said her, that that sport was something she she had to do, and she had to convince her family that she had to do it, and the family eventually understood. Um, that that she had to go out, and I think the words of one of her daughters said something like, um, "You know, we are we we don't mind mum going and doing sport because it's better than not doing it because we can bear with you know we can bear her uh, after she's done sport." Was it was it similar in your household?
3: I have no doubt that when I was out of the house, my family were probably happier <laughs> inside. <it. laughs> yeah, they were.
2: I wasn't. I was not easy to live with. Did you tell them, look, I have to do this. This, this is to keep me saying I have to do this.
3: Yeah. No, they've never criticised me. I think if if Mum's happy, then the whole family's happier. So they've all they've always come to my events when when they've happened. Um, my teenagers stopped coming as they became more self important, um, but. <laughs> I, they've, they've always been very supportive, all of them. So what would you
2: say to women who are experiencing the signs of the menopause or, or actually going through the menopause? What what would be your words of advice for them, having been there?
3: Um, that there is another side. That things don't have to be that bad and you don't have to suffer the way I did.
2: Is it taking steps early
3: yeah i think having mum die when she was 54 of breast cancer and the connection that medicine had with hrt and um breast cancer stopped me from taking those early steps i thought i can get through this because it's just a natural process you know the menopause is something that happens to half the population, so it's got to be natural. But then I heard a, a doctor on a podcast say, "I don't know where these women think they're dragging themselves to. There isn't another side. Once your hormones have gone, they're gone." And it was that point that I thought, "Right, I need to go and get some hormones," and I got them.
2: The tide moves on. We've got such a lot to cover uh, as well, and I know it's 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 all part of it uh, as we move forward as well. So let, let's move on to Iron Man. You've already told us that Ironman was in the was in the back of your head for for some time but when did you actually say to yourself right I feel better I'm going to do this
3: Oh no I didn't feel better um I felt better in the middle of the Ironman process so my I didn't want to do Ironman at all that year I'd wanted to do it for when I was 50 but that was in 2020 I thought I'll do an Ironman for my 50th year. Um, But I'm born in July and we were still in lockdown. Um, And then obviously we didn't really come out of lockdown for the next two years. Um, And then I didn't have Ironman on my radar at all until Gary messaged me and said, I've got a place in Ironman Wales. Are you going to do it? And I said, no, I'm not. And I gave her a long list of really good reasons why I wasn't doing it. And then I got in the car outside the swimming pool and I had an email off Man, and I just tapped on this virtual button three times and I had a place. And then that was it. There was no grand plan to enter. I phoned Gary. She didn't answer. I phoned Roger. I said, I'm sitting outside the pool. I've got a place in Iron Man, Wales on my phone. What shall I do? And he said, well, you're not getting any younger. So I entered. And then I got a text message off him saying... Was that £590 or have you just paid twice? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention how much it cost. (laughs) But all the way through my training, Roger used to say to me, we've had our money's worth. Even if you never get to the start line, that training plan has saved you through the really the worst part of my menopause, even though I was on the patches um, of the oestrogen, the, the worst was yet to come. You know, at some point during my... So I enter Ironman, and then at some point during my training, um, I get to the point where I feel so bad. I don't want to be dead, but I don't want to be alive either. So I I did not miss um, sessions of my Ironman training because I knew how bad I felt at the end of The Legend, and I'd entered, and I knew that I had to follow this plan now. Um, hardly any sessions I missed but they kept me going they were long sessions you know You had, you had to go out I had to do these otherwise I was going to fail and I'd never really failed at anything so I had to do it did is is that something you you
2: said to yourself very early then that you you had you you had to do that you 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 were going to do it uh whatever comes because I mean I suppose really when you're at quite a low uh, hormonal though it's it's difficult to even make sense of the day never mind make making sense of a training plan so it, it was it's how how did you do that how did you physically and mentally do that
3: i don't know i my first training plan at the beginning was printed out on a piece of paper i used to color it in in a pink highlighter when i got in and i loved watching this plain piece of paper become colorful and i I really loved coming in and colouring this piece of paper in and looking at it and thinking, right, I'm doing this. I'm doing it. I'm going through all this. I didn't miss one session, I think, for the first three months. And then life just gets in the way, doesn't it? And some sessions you can't complete. But um, at times where I would be sitting on the couch in floods of tears, I would know that if I didn't get my backside out of that room and on the bike or in the pool, then nobody else was going to do it for me. So sometimes I would go to a swim fit class last winter in um, Cohen Bay and have no confidence and be full of anxiety. I wouldn't even speak to anyone. I'd sneak in at the last minute. I'd maybe speak to the other people who were swimming at the end of the pool with me when we stopped briefly. But then as soon as I'd go, I'd just jump in the car and I'd be gone. I didn't suppose to. I was scared to speak to people. It's the strangest. It's the strangest feelings.
2: I know you you did share it with uh, some people. Um, what what sort of reaction did you get off people? Did, did you meet people that had been through it and, and 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 got through it, or or did you feel quite um isolated with it? Massively
3: isolated. People who I speak to who are older than me who have got through it. I don't. They say, oh, that was years ago for me. And I just think, no, you still haven't got those hormones. You've just got used to living without them. And maybe because I was so active that, you know, I really needed those hormones to, to get me up and going and get out there. But the the best response was to people who, when I said, look, this is how I'm feeling, the amount of people that phoned me, messaged me, got in touch with me saying, what you've just said is my life and I didn't know it either
2: good
3: so that was that was really encouraging that because the first time I admitted it out loud was on Facebook big Facebook post and it took me so long to press post and then I pressed it and I said to Roger come on let's go and I left my phone I didn't go back to it for hours because I was so scared of how exposed I was in in public by saying what I said but it was probably the best thing that I'd ever done that year because so many people contacted me to say that's how they felt as well. It just then felt normal.
2: The, let's go back then to the Ironman training. You 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 pressed that button for Ironman in when was it? What month? Uh,
3: October, I think. October last year.
2: So 11 months.
3: And then you think, oh, my God, what have I done? You know, and then you, there's, there's like panic sets in thinking, oh, can I really do this? But I just kept saying to myself, just one day at a time, just do you, what your training plan says. Just do it one day at a time. And to be fair, I think over the whole 11 months of training, I only had one time where I wobbled and thought, what the hell am I doing? I can't I can't do this. And i had been out on a bike ride with Gary and Blair. And there was just a, a hills after hills after hills. And Lev was saying, don't tell her, Gary, but there's another hill. Um, and I was just moaning behind them. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realised when I go, oh, so, no, I come home, I get off the bike, I go for a run, and then I'm dragging myself up the hill towards the home. And Roger comes behind me in the car with the kids and he hoots the horn while I cried. I was so exhausted and broken at that moment. I just burst into tears. I thought, I just cannot do that. I can't I can't do that distance. It's it's just beyond me. But then I realised the next day that I hadn't eaten the day before. So it was then that I realised how important my nutrition was. What did a normal training
2: week look like to you then?
3: John, my favourite day was always Monday because it was rest day and it gave a different meaning to Mondays, which had always just been the beginning <laughs> of the week. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. if I if I work backwards from that, the long run was on the Sunday, the long bike ride was on the Saturday. When I'd get to my long run, I would just always felt like I was running towards rest day, which used to keep me going through the runs. Where oh, just it's a long time to go running now. I just need to get up early. But then the last hour say i'd be thinking oh rest day is only one hour away (laughs) so other than that i'd do um three swims a week three bikes three runs and was that week in week out more or less then yeah week in week out my sister said we're going on holiday to mallorca in july and roger said we'll come I said, but you're going to have to go somewhere that I can take my bike because I can't not ride. So that was that was fabulous. My uh, brother-in-law loves cycling, so we both took our bikes and had some amazing rides. Take you back to nutrition. Did you? I was all quite good with nutrition, John, without actually thinking about it until that time where I hadn't eaten properly on the Friday. Um, I just naturally ate well without giving it any consideration so it was only when I didn't eat well and and I struggled that day that I thought right well I really need to focus now on eating well all the time so even sometimes you know when days are busy um I just make myself eat a bowl of pasta if I knew I was going for a ride the next day did you
2: have what was your favorite food during the training
3: my favorite foods always seafood but none of my family like it so um you stink the house out no, I just don't eat it at home. I only ever eat it when I go out. Let's move it forward. Iron Man's
2: approaching. You've made arrangements down there. Did you? Did, did you
3: stay as a family
2: down there when you went down there?
3: Yeah. Anybody who knows me will know me know how absolutely appalling I am at planning, arranging things. So I left that all to Roger. So he arranged accommodation. Fairly, fairly quickly arranged accommodation, um, and we. He he just arranged everything. He arranges me. <laughs> just, I just kind of plod along through life, and um, and and he he makes sure things happen.
2: So um, there, there's a fair number of gogs competing this year. There was what six, seven of you.
3: This yeah, year, yeah, seven, I think.
2: Was that a good thing, or or did that put more pressure on you with there being other gogs there?
3: Do you know what, John, the whole the whole plan, all the training and even getting there was very, very isolating. Did all my training on my own, really. Um, Roger used to do some of my long runs with me and loved them because there was zone two. So he wasn't under any pressure. Um, but it was very isolating. I didn't. I, I saw Gary briefly on the beach on the morning um, of Man, but just didn't. Didn't really see anyone. It was quite a, a lonely journey. And it was a, a, a journey that you had to make
2: um, a few decisions about because you, you had actually, a couple of years ago, you, you had qualified for the world, didn't you, at, at Sprint. Yes. Was it at Sprint? Was it in Bermuda, yeah. was it? But you, 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 so you just never it, got
3: there. I never got there. So I've got this tri-suit upstairs that I'm never going to wear because they've changed it now. So I qualified in 2018, no, 2019, and I was supposed to go to Edmonton in 2020, but lockdown happened, so that didn't happen, and they then they um, rescheduled it to Bermuda in 21, and the coronavirus rates in Bermuda went through the roof two weeks before, so we'd booked and paid and everything was ready to go and they cancelled it so that didn't happen and then they uh, reorganized it for Canada this year I think it was in July and I just had to make a decision either I do the world's or I do the Ironman so it was just too it's too difficult to train for a sprint and train for an Ironman so yeah I've got a nice blue tri-suit upstairs that's never going to be worn
2: would you—is that something that's on the agenda in the future is to have another go
3: at qualifying? It was an absolute dream, really, John. Well, it wasn't even dream. I, I didn't, I didn't even really know what race I'd entered to to qualify for this. And Marad and Joni had said to me, "Pay the ten pounds, register." So that is literally what I did, and then nothing happened, and then I get an email saying you've qualified. Um I said to my husband, look at I've qualified. And uh it's in Canada who's like, well we're not going, we are. You can't I can't miss an opportunity like this. So um we we made all the arrangements and obviously it didn't happen, but oh, I'd love to do it, you know, even just for the experience of going and racing in the world championships, just to, to inspire my children maybe, or you know, to just for the experience. Yeah, I'd, lo- I'd-, I'd love that to happen. I will have to buy a new dry suit, though, because the old one's out of, out of date now, race day.
2: Talk us through race day. You get there in the morning, it's pitch black.
3: Pitch black. All these people walking through town with bare feet and wetsuit up to their waist and... All my, my My two teenagers even came, which was um, something I hadn't, I hadn't expected. I think I'd expected my daughter to come, but my son kept telling me he was working. Anyway, they all arrived the night before, so everybody got up at 4.30, into town, dark, finished packing, racking my bike and packing my picnic and, um, yeah, walked down to the beach. What an amazing experience that was it was two days the queen died on thursday on the friday iron man are saying don't travel so nobody even knew whether it was going ahead till very late on friday afternoon um and then it's there then you're standing on the beach and it's happening and it was um it was an amazing experience being on that beach yeah what was shocking before we headed down to the beach was there was i felt like there was just me and thousands of men I could literally not see another woman and so I got down on the beach and I passed a couple of women and I saw Gary and then I saw another lady um as we were queuing up but there was just there was men everywhere
2: it's one of those sports in it that, that that is female participation is 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 on the rise but because I think you know and and Michelle will say will say the same thing she'll say that she cannot put the time aside to train to do it. It takes some special planning to do that. You managed it so it just shows that it can be done uh, with a career and a family uh, and and go through what you went through so it can be done. Let that be a lesson to people out there um, but uh, let, let's hope that, that participation from the female point of view does increase and it's um, uh, because it would be good to see. There, 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 was, there was a lot more just look at Kona this year Um, with a female-only race, uh, which was brilliant, and um, enough women there. So fingers crossed that, you know, in this country, uh, it will pick up. Um, But, yeah, I hear what you say about that. Um, But then, obviously, they just said national anthems and that then the gun goes off.
3: Well, we had had a minute silent for the Queen, silence for the Queen, and we had the the british national anthem first and then the welsh national anthem and then the um thunderstruck and thunderstruck. um uh, eye of the tiger and all the yeah. flames and i can't describe how rough the sea looked <laughs> but having swam in it it didn't look as bad as it actually was it was wild daughter absolutely wild but i just kept laughing thinking this is iron man wales and i'm in it and i just kept swimming and it was probably the most terrifying swim i've ever had because it was it wasn't only choppy there was big swells as well so one minute you could see the the beach or the boys or um the support uh boats and then the next minute you could see nothing and you so you're trying to sight at something that's high up and you can't even see that it was it was wild. But you come out, you do you do half the first um, one, 1. 1.2 miles, come out and the roar on the beach was absolutely phenomenal. So when I got back in thinking, oh, God, here we go again. It was worse the second time, I think. But I knew I'd done the first time so I could I could make it. The swim was fine from then. And, and, and the people that I spoke to on the course after the swim, that's all they'd say to you is, what was that water like what was that swim like but the i can't i can't I can't describe how amazing the support is on the course you come out of the swim the second time run up the zigzags grab your pink bag with your shoes in and then run through town and the people are two three four people deep you're roaring it is amazing and because you're a woman there were people were screaming at you Because there were so few women, so the support, the extra support I feel like we got because we were women was amazing. And I saw my family. I didn't. I I thought I'd left them on the on the um, cliff, and I thought they'd still be there on the on the same part. And then I saw them through the through running when I was running through the town. It was so exciting when you saw your family. The 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 bike was absolutely amazing. I felt like I was flying for the first. I don't know. 60 or 70 miles um and then the heavens opened and it it was biblical the rain we i was i was as wet on the bike as i was coming out of the swim it was and cold so so heavy It wasn't cold it wasn't cold at all um but what what the rain did do was stop me from feeling the pain in your shoulders that that you're normally thinking, I can't wait to get off the bike because my shoulders are killing me. I don't remember having any pain in my shoulders. But I was so focused on how the heavens were just open. And I was thinking, come on, Wales, give us a break. But it just rained. It rained for the last 40 miles.
2: Did you have a plan on the bike, how you were going to maintain your nutrition? Uh, all the way through. Obviously, you you prepare in the morning. You do the swim. You get off the swim. How did you how did you work it with the bike?
3: I had a jam sandwich in T one. Lovely. I had peanut butter sandwiches on my bike. Um, a little pork pie, chopped into four, and four. Um. Jaffa cakes from Marks and Spencer's because they're oblong and not round and they just fitted all neatly into my little picnic bag at the on the front of my bike. And I just ate them as I went I went along. I ate them all. I had tailwind in my drinks. I didn't take any gels on board, um, just real food. It worked. I, w- I was absolutely fine. Didn't have any problem with the with the nutrition side of things. Um the run I didn't I didn't eat anything. Um I just drank one more bottle of tailwind. Yeah, nothing else. They were they were giving you Gatorade drinks, but I can't drink stuff like that. I just drank water.
2: <laughs> you 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 had a quite a strong run.
3: Well I'd never done a marathon before. Um but I knew that once I got off the bike that this is it. Now all I've just got to do is keep moving forward and and I'm done! You crossed
2: that line. What was that feeling like as you crossed that line?
3: It, it was absolutely amazing. The, the support through the town was phenomenal, but people are just standing outside pubs drinking. So you go and you do your four loops, and they are getting more and more drunk as they're going along. But they're remembering your name and they're like, "Hey, Paula, <laughs> here she is again," and they, you know, just yeah. like really cheering you along. So you. Uh, at the very end, when you go, they're all there and they're recognising you. I think because there were so few women, the, the, the women that were doing it were like superstars going through the town. That's what I felt like, anyway. Um, going over that line was amazing. It was, um, it was so loud. It was dark. It was pitch black. But it was so, so loud. And they, my family were there. One of the best things during the day, and especially, I think, on the run is doing four loops. Just going past your family over and over again and seeing your teenagers, John, clapping and shouting, Go on, man. That was almost as good as finishing the, the going over the finish line. Yeah, you know, oh, your teenagers cool. have very few reactions and you know, their responses to things like, Yeah, it's all right, but what the, the support they gave me on the day was absolutely amazing. So when I came over the line, they were all there at the end, bouncing up and down, saying, Mum, you you're an Iron Man." It was fabulous, John. It was it was one of the best moments I've ever had. I think made better because they were just there. As soon as I went over the line, all three of them were right in front of me. Is it was it Is the it... hardest thing you've ever done? Do you know? I think the legend was harder because I hadn't trained properly. I'd really trained properly for the Ironman, so I was more exhausted at the end of the half Iron distance than I was at the end of that. And I didn't sleep that night. I we, we went home and I just I couldn't I just couldn't sleep. I didn't sleep properly for three weeks after it. It was hard, but because I trained properly and and I ate properly, I was absolutely fine. There would be people moaning on the run, and I just. Pat them on the back saying, come on, you know, this is what we're doing for fun. <laughs> this is what we do with our spare time we run.
2: You're going to be an Man. You're going to be an Man. You're going to be an Ironman. Be an Ironman. Be an Iron man. For the rest of your life, you'll, you'll, you'll have that title, man for the rest of your life. Right, we're going to take a little break for now because it's okay. that part of the interview where we are going to ask you a few questions during Rocky's Clock. Now, you know how Rocky's, Rocky's Clock works, don't you? I do. You've got a minute to answer as many questions as you can quick fire now i do understand we're doing this virtually so there's a little bit of a delay so we have to take it so i'm going to give you a little bit longer all right to do that just to be fair so are we ready
1: rocky's clock rocky's
3: clock can you beat rocky's clock
2: who inspires you
3: oh i don't know my children inspire me, John.
2: Good answer. Yeah.
3: What bike do you ride? A trek.
2: What event haven't you done but you'd love to do? I'm not supposed...
3: going to win Rocky's clock, am
2: I? It's supposed to be quick-fire. This Paula. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, I don't
2: know. Starves ever got? Okay. What animal would you be?
3: Oh, an eagle.
2: I'm oh, an eagle. Your favourite actor?
3: I haven't got one. Oh.
2: What would you say to someone? If, well, who, what would you say if you met yourself when you were younger? What advice would you give them?
3: Always have hope.
2: The famous person you've ever met?
1: Um... <laughs>
3: have you met know.
2: anybody famous?
1: Rocky's clock, Rocky's clock. You didn't beat Rocky's clock.
2: Oh, there we go. There. Well, no, you didn't beat Rocky's clock. You actually—that was probably the worst performance in a long time, <laughs> Paula Stevens, for an Iron Man. <laughs> I expected better. <laughs> that was terrible. That's Quick dramatic, fire that, rounds. Isn't it? Oh God! I tell you what—I'd like to be facing opposite <laughs> you in court.
3: <laughs> yeah, but see, in court, John, you have to you have to think things through. You can't oh, that, you can't oh, just give the... quick fire answers. <laughs> What's next for Paula? Um, to go back to shorter distances, I think I think the Ironman training came at a perfect time in my life. It served a purpose. I feel like nothing else would have worked when I was going through my menopause, as well as Ironman training did. Because I think if I was just doing short distances then I could have just said, I'm not going. But because I knew I had to do it, I had it, it forced me to go out. So I had to do it. Um so just go back to more manageable triathlon.
2: World championship qualification?
3: I would love to do that, John, and I'd if it happens, it happens, but I wouldn't put any pressure on myself to to do it if you know if if I'm good enough on the day, then yeah I'd like to I'd like to be able to run faster. I'd like to be able to swim better i my swimming's just so slow, so I think over this season over the winter season, now I'm going to focus on getting my running better and my swimming better if I can, but just do shorter distances, but no specific goal yeah i I keep hoping that something's just gonna come to me that you know, like an answer in rocky's clock
2: <laughs> <laughs> good god i hope I it comes quicker got, <laughs> i haven't got a
3: goal now and
2: i need one
3: yeah for somebody
2: who's been so goal orientated for so many years to not have a goal but, but i suppose once you've um, jason burke said i've i've everested i've, I've done my everest uh, and now it's time to enjoy enjoy things Um, I suppose once you've done that Everest it's it is tough to refocus but it'll come won't it it'll come in time you'll you'll see something and you'll think yeah
3: I think I'm only five or six weeks out of Ironman and that goal was so big and took up so much of your time emotionally physically you know in every single way that goal just it was it was my life you know, I I know I said to you at some point, yeah, I haven't fed my children for a year, and it wasn't really a joke. You know, my husband would say, "When are you going shopping?" I, oh, I don't know, <laughs> shopping. <laughs> <laughs> so, hoping that a goal is going to come to me now is is what is what I'm focused on. I'm thinking, is anything going to come to me? Am I or am I done? Is that are those all my goals now? I don't know.
2: Well, it's not a bad way to um to Everest, is it, to do an Iron Man. So like, in no. all fairness, if it if it takes a long time for another goal to set in, it's it's not a bad one to live with, is it? In, 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 yeah, in, and in, I in think, John,
3: not only Iron Man, but Iron Man Wales, you know, it being my homelands and you know the slaying the dragon. It was, you know, I just love everything about Wales. So doing Man Wales was a massive, massive goal and achievement for me. Um, and can things top it? I don't know. People say, will you do another one? I would like to do another one at some point in the future, but I'd like to do things that are maybe a little bit easier and a bit more fun. I want to go, I want to go take my bike to Mallorca, but not in mid-July when it's absolutely boiling I want to go and ride when the temperatures are are easier and you know and do things just things just for for doing them sake not for having a rigid plan
2: I think that's a good that's a good plan would you say to anybody especially females especially females with family and careers would you tell them or would you not say that the experience at the end
3: of it is worth it? Oh, definitely worth it. Worth every single minute. Every every step was was worth it to to know that you can you can actually do it. You know, when I was in that water thinking this is iron man wales and i mean i kept thinking that all during the day when when the bike got really tough and the rain was pouring down when the when night was falling you were still running or shuffling you know it was it was every single step was worth it i wouldn't change anything you know it was it was um iron man wales it was um the 10th anniversary it was touch and go, whether it was going to happen. You know, it was just, when they say anything is possible, you just think, oh, yeah, anything is possible. And it's even possible that it's going to be cancelled because the Queen dies. You know, the, we, we've we not had another Queen die in the whole of our lifetimes. And she dies on the Thursday. I did feel like if, if they cancelled it, it'd be the right decision. If it went ahead, it'd be the right decision because it was just such a... A monumental occurrence. Um That whichever way they went with it, I would have been okay with it. I think I probably would have been devastated if it hadn't happened. But understood that this is massive. Well, so we come to that time, working.
2: Paula. Come to that time where we have to have to wrap it up. I must admit, it's been a pleasure talking to you, hearing all about it, and uh, and hopefully the. Uh, the women out there will take note of the things that you have said uh, and the things that you've been through, and that the, the very fact that you've gone through that and you still become an Iron Man is, is, you know, is inspiring in itself. Never mind anything else. I mean, it's uh, for anybody to become an Iron Man is uh, is incredible, uh, and it's something you should be very proud of. And I know we all, uh, all, all out here in the triathlon world, we all, we're, you know, we all take a little bow down to you all, the uh, the Ironman uh, members that we've got, um, because we know what goes into it, and we know the, the hardships you have to put yourself through uh, at the best of times, never mind when you're dealing with other things behind the scenes as well. So uh, really, really well done with that. Thank you for coming on and sharing all those experiences with us as well, um, because it does take a lot to do that, and I know people will appreciate it. So... Um, uh, coach, mum, wife, Iron Man. Fantastic. Iron Man. Well done, Paula. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you, John.
2: good interview that i, I really enjoyed that uh, it was difficult because doing it virtually uh, and and i wanted to jump in a lot of the things when, when when paula was talking and she had so many good things to say so many interesting things to say and it's not often especially as a bloke you sit there and listen to somebody uh, really pour their heart out about what they've been through over the last few years and so i i enjoy that in a in a very different way but it was a great interview, you know. It was a great interview. And um, I think it's a lesson learned, isn't it, to to, uh, to women or to to um, to tell women what you can do when you're going through
0: it. I think what Paula shows each and every one of us is that anything is possible. Mm. The menopause is a stage of life. It doesn't get in the way of achieving what you want to achieve. And with the right support anything is possible absolutely
2: and you know? uh, i think it's, it's a good lesson that is that it doesn't you know it, you can achieve anything and she's shown that by by doing what she's done and uh you know i said it was, it was really enjoyable so yeah thank you, massive paula. respect well yeah, done yeah, paula yeah yeah well she's an iron man
0: I, you oh, know, always iron man, and forever she you know, will be an iron that's man
2: that's it you know so i look forward to seeing uh, well we've we've seen pictures of the tap which is nice but i look forward to seeing it in real life so uh, thanks paula that was that was great and i hope everybody Really enjoyed that, and uh, uh, hopefully, we'll have uh, Iron Man um, interviews part two coming up. Over we the will months. have Iron Man interviews we part will. two. We will indeed.
0: So, moving, forward, moving um, forward, just some dates for the diary over the well, winter. Hold
2: on, hold on, hold on. Rocky's got a few words to say. Come on, then, Rocky. Emma or,
1: Heath. Emma or Heath. I hear the voices singing. Speed your journey, boys, back. One club singing with one voice. A song of hope, a song of courage. A victory song that floats through the valleys like a lycra mist. Rolls over the mountain tops like black, pink, and green thunder. A storm is coming to the gates of the Imperial. It crackles with the spirit of 19, and Carlos, girls, and boys. It turns the pages of the history books and finds our page waiting, still to be written. What would you write in there, Gogs? Dare you write your names on that page? We haven't waited through COVID and travelled through Wales and back to be troubled by neighbours from down south. When the dredgers came knocking on our door, we gave them some sugar, boys. We gave them some Gog sugar. They've always said we are too small, we are too slow, we are too weak, too full of fear. But ever are here, you sons of goats. Buy your tickets for the Gog Triathlon Club Black Tie Do. We are still here.
2: Oh, well, that was good. I enjoyed that. So, uh, well done, Rock. Uh, just a reminder about things about the gog social night again
0: so uh do you know what he is just so funny
2: (laughs) (laughs) he's he's, he is you know you know what he's a performer isn't he (laughs) brilliant i can't wait for him to give a speech in the uh, gog social night so make sure you're there get tickets make sure you're there all the links are on the pages go and buy tickets for the gog social night Rocky's gonna be there, and he's gonna be talking, and he might even do one of his uh, funny voices. So uh, there <laughs> we go. Sorry, Shell. Um, somebody uh, <laughs> uh, 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 sort of
0: got. Hey, uh, do you start. know what? Ch- we all stop when the chairman wants. When the chairman
2: speak. wants to talk, when he puts his hand up, we we all sit down.
0: Absolutely. So some dates for the diary: uh, the Christmas bike ride, eighteenth of December; the Muddy Cracker Run, twenty seventh of December. The New Year's Day run, obviously, on the 1st of January. Is it? Well, the and New Year's
2: Day run, 1st of January this year. Yes, next, that's that's, no, what, it that that January, that's what it
0: is. That's what it is this year. year. Okay. And then there'll be a club AGM on the 20th of January, but that is subject to to uh the availability of the venue so more details to foro- follow 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 <laughs> i don't know what a foro is but uh more details to google that it's <laughs> just... not a word um more details to follow but just some pencil them in um but the muddy cracker i can highly recommend because um it's a run like a trail run which is a lot of fun and uh, you wrap up warm and run with your friends, and it's brilliant.
2: No crackers involved.
0: Oh, no, no, it's just running. Because you've had it's the It's running, and then we try and get together afterwards, somewhere after, if we days can. Before, I've done it? it the last, like, oh, I don't know, three or four years. Yeah, it was, it's, it's get together, it's good. Yeah, it's nice. Between Christmas and New Year, just what you need. Yeah. Bit of a leg stretch, yeah, blow away the cobwebs.
2: Yeah, because it gets a bit, doesn't it, After uh, after Christmas.
0: It can do if. So,
2: what yeah. better than to get together with all your mates? and other people, and, <laughs> and, and run, and run. It's not around a field, not around a field, it's around a trail. Are you
0: going to join us, John?
2: Yeah, I will do. A, a proper trail, not a field. <laughs> ah, so
0: brilliant. if it's around a
2: field this year, I won't be there, okay? <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm allowed to put clothes on, I don't have to <laughs> wear some little small pants. And a,
0: Shorts, not pants. And a, and a
2: little shirt on with a big A vest,
0: on. Oh my God. Like you are it. so dramatic.
2: Cross-country. Who wants that? Nobody needs that in their lives. Uh, so there we go. That's another Godcast done. Yes. So we've um, got a few ideas for interviews over the next few months. Uh, so if you have any ideas yourself and you want to let us, let us know that you want somebody to be interviewed, tell us. Tell us on our social media, Shell, which is...
0: Uh, the Godcast. It's like on Twitter and Facebook just and everything. Instagram and stuff like that. The Godcast. Isn't <laughs> yeah, just the Godcast. And, and or please. if you want, if you know us, like you know, just tell us. Yeah. <laughs> or if, if like yeah, if you see us coaching, you can tell us. Or... Tell us. You, can t- you can also
2: talk to us, but you have to say hashtag before.
0: Or if you are actually our friends, you'll have our phone numbers, so yeah. <laughs> you can tell us like that as well. But you have
2: to say hashtag. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Hashtag all that. Michelle. How are you? <laughs>
0: hashtag I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what?
2: We've done 13 of these now.
0: Oh, that's unlucky. I know. I'm not not superstitious. I'm not It's not at
2: all. I'm not, I'm not. How do you pronounce that place in Portugal again? What
0: place? Can you remember?
2: What place? That place that they did uh, 70.3 in. Cascades. Cascades. (laughs) Cascades. Brilliant. (laughs) Um, That is the end of the Godcast. Um, Please follow us. Please rate us on our facebook page and on spotify and things like that please because we do need ratings on there and just do, for us
0: and do things like that just what? go and oh, interact
2: so with that. us because you don't understand no it, do i
0: it? i i don't think you should ask for people to like things because then it like it's a bit needy well
2: gog triathlon did
0: yeah but that's different that's like gog triathlon i am
2: needy <laughs> very <laughs> i'm very needy right okay we're going now So um, we're not going for a run because we've already been for one. A stupid run around the field in pants and a small shirt. So uh, we're just going to say goodbye and we will see you next month before the... Oh
0: yeah, before the GOG do. But
2: please, please, please make sure you buy your tickets for it early so uh, we have a good turnout there because it'll be... Fun.
0: Yeah. It'll we'll be, be
2: there. On. We'll be there. The godcast will be there and uh, you never know you oh, might even get
0: We'll take a microphone. You're going to
2: take a microphone and you might even get interviewed for the uh for the December one. So uh there we go. So dress up well and uh, <laughs> get your best interview voice on.
0: <laughs> Bye. See y'all.
1: I can do whatever I want to it. I can push it, study it, tweak it, listen to it. Everybody wants to know what I'm on? What am I on? I'm online six hours a day, booking tickets for the GOG Triathlon Club Black Tie Do. What are you on? Just do it.